VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, welcome on to a very special time-honored edition of Hollinger and Duncan. We hit on it like a little bit last week that was more fun in games though now three weeks in john it is time for some teams to panic Panic! Ah! Ah! <laughs> oh man well that was i'm sure that was well <laughs> that was uh well, well practiced from your days uh, working with the Grizzlies, I'm sure. Yes. <laughs> is that yes. is that we is actually, that what you guys? But yeah, yeah, we had a, a special panic siren. Yeah, yeah, yeah we we, we got to were... trade for Mario Chalmers three days into the season. That that yeah. that, that was a pan, that was a panic meter <laughs> training camp and start to the season, and we actually that Chalmers trade pulled us out of a ditch. That was that was pretty clutch that year. Oh man! Well, I apologize to everyone who's listening, who probably just got a lot of distortion as both of our microphones tapped out. But uh, we uh, need to catch up on a little bit of the news of, of the day. First of all, you and I haven't really talked to, about the in-season tournament. What are your general impressions so far? I'm a big fan. Uh, I think the I think the courts, some of them are a little over the top. The red designs, you can lose the ball a little bit, but I think overall, it's it succeeded in establishing that like something different is happening and it's given a little more spice to some of these uh, games in early season that otherwise would just, I mean, the NBA had, had trouble generating interest in, in November and December competing against football. I think this is a way to, to generate a little more. I think fans will understand it more as we get deeper into it. And as we get toward the, uh, the quarterfinals in December. So I've, I've really enjoyed it. More than I expected, and uh, I I think it's going to continue to be that way. And I, I look at a game like Portland versus Utah last night. Actually, kind of meant something because now that yeah. Utah now that Utah won that game, they're in great position to actually make the final eight of this tournament. Uh, even with them potentially tanking the rest of the season after the tournament, so it, it's kind of interesting. It gives a little something, especially to these teams that may not have a lot to play for otherwise this year. Yeah, I'm really interested to see how seriously teams take it. Like, we haven't seen any teams go in, like, a ton of minutes. There have been a couple of teams where guys have gone 40 minutes to try to win these games. But it's it hasn't been you – nobody's know, been treating it like it's the playoffs, for example. Like, I'm guessing Trey Young doesn't miss a playoff game for personal reasons last night. You know, I mean, again, I have no idea what that is. Maybe it is something it was, uh, exceedingly so it was, serious. It was, it was birth of a child, so I think he actually might have. 
Oh, that's what it was. Okay, yeah, yeah I guess yeah. you're in Atlanta, you, or yeah. you would you're locked in there. Um, you know, or Nick Batum. He said that he's got some really difficult situation going on as well, but he missed for personal reasons. Al Horford missed last Friday for rest. Uh, not that Boston really needed him in that group. So, yeah, I mean, it's not, I don't think teams are taking it as seriously as the playoffs. They probably never will, particularly in these early games. I'm hopeful that they will once it gets to the quarterfinals. Uh, but then you, you also, as Steve Kerr noted, hey, yeah, we I thought I might play Steph Curry a few extra minutes in Oklahoma City. But then, you know, we've got a back-to-back in Cleveland and Detroit two days later. So you can't really go hard to yeah. that level in the playoffs where it's like, okay, your season will just be over if you lose. And so you might as well just leave it all out there uh, just to stay alive in advance. I, I think just the fact that there is the season isn't over after this, that's probably what prevents teams from maybe going as hard as they would in a playoff game. Uh, but we'll see once it gets to the actual elimination rounds. Is there anything they can do so I can remember who the hell is in each group? They've is it just like after a few rounds? Yeah, yeah, they've done a poor job of that and kind of publicizing how the standings are and everything. Uh, which th- That was one of the reasons I wrote what I wrote for The Athletic this morning is just because I, I felt like there was no central place where, where people were talking about it. Uh, I think they did themselves a disservice by naming the groups at each conference, Group A, B, and C, rather than going to D, yeah, E, they and have named the it. West. Or, yeah, they, yeah, they also should have named them, you know, one, two, and three. So much better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they could have done that or, you know. Well, here, actually, I just thought of something. This is what I think they should do. If you're going to do these special courts, put the names of all the teams that are in each group on the court. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like in the corner. That, that way it's, it just says like, you know, Group yeah. A, Oklahoma City, Sacramento, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I think that, yeah. I think that's a, that's a great way to do it. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to email Evan Wash right now. <laughs> uh but yeah that that's actually i I think because that would make it kind of easier of like okay yeah they now it gets easier when they've played more games like oh yeah we did play this team already in the group we beat them like i think you get a better understanding of it but certainly compared to like in the world cup for example or even in champions league it just it's harder to remember who's in these groups again because i mean the other thing is just because Teams are also just playing each other in regular games all the time, too. Yeah. And so it's just... I do, I do like they, that, these, yeah. that these games count in the standings because what happens oh, in yeah. Europe yeah. For, with, like, Carabao Cup or whatever is that Manchester United or whoever will play their B team in the preliminary rounds in those tournaments and, like, not even really compete that hard until they... Okay, we're in the semis. I guess we'll go for it. Uh, which you, can, you can't do that in the in-season tournament because it also counts in the regular standings. Well, and particularly, let's say, you know, Memphis has been mathematically eliminated. Good job there, Grizz. Uh, they, uh, when you lose first, by 50, that's a good way to get mathematically eliminated. First team mathematically eliminated from the in-season tournament. Yeah, and, and uh, ignominious record, to be sure, and what's been uh, a similar season overall for the Grizz. We'll get to them, don't worry. However, I, I think that's uh, they at least have something to play for because their last game in the group is still counts as a regular season game. They're trying to exactly get back into things. Um, and should they have just done it by division with the groups? I mean, the, that would at least be an easy way to remember who's in each group and also would kind of make divisions mean something again. And you, if you did it, then that would really lead to maybe more division rivalries over the course of years when those have been diluted. I'm, I'm interested to see how they do that going forward because, you know, they obviously tried to do a European model where they have a draw 
and yeah. it's, it's randomly selected five teams out of out of the fifteen, and and so that you're facing something different than what you usually get in your division. And but but I think you make a compelling case that you might be better off just doing it by division, and then that might also make life a little easier for the league when they try to schedule these games uh, in December for the for the uh, twenty two teams that didn't. Uh, qualify for the quarterfinals. I, I think that's. Mm. I, I'm wondering about the league's challenge with that, especially in the Western Conference, to get the geography and the travel right for what's basically a one, one home, one road in a span of three days, and you have to schedule the entire league. Yeah, that's going to be. T- I mean, those games are going to feel so ancillary too. On like that Wednesday and Friday, I think are, are the two games uh, when the semifinals are on Thursday and Saturday. Uh, by the way, did you notice that the semifinal, the first semifinal, starts at two p.m. Pacific time? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to change my flight did, to Vegas. I, did, I was like, I I'm did not- notice that because I'm planning on being in Vegas. <laughs> it's like, what the hell? Right. <laughs> we're we're go- going to other mama. <laughs> yeah, get, we'll, some, uh, get some fish. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll we'll see about that if the schedule gives us any time. Jeez. Uh, so yeah, I mean that is that is a little odd. Now the it is tough because NBA games, particularly ones that have national TV breaks, are longer than college games, which usually take two hours. So you can get the two semifinals over with in like the course of five hours. Where I mean, the the first game starts at two, the second game starts at six local time. Yeah, because they're trying to play them both in the same court, and they want the teams to come out and actually get a real warm up and stuff. So. Little challenging that. Way. Well, yeah, and, and frankly, if they were going to do it right, they would just have one of the semifinals on Wednesday and the other one on Thursday. But because you also have eighty-two games to get through, that probably just wasn't realistic. Exactly. Exactly. Two two different arenas would have been the other way to do it. How but do you? They want, they want like the final four vibe, though. Yeah, and I, I guess maybe if the, there are there's a Vegas expansion team and they build another arena because you're saying like okay one arena the game ends and then you can start 20 minutes later or something in the other yeah. arena yeah 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 that that might make it easier as well another question for you here the incentives to win I mean, AD was talking about how that that 500k was actually kind of cool and uh, I do think that that's seeing the younger players on a team get that money would be nice I think it should be bumped up to a million. Uh, anything else you think they should be doing to incentivize it? You hear talk about like draft picks or something like that or a playoff spot guaranteed. I was trying to figure out if Anthony Davis could get back more than 500K by just moving back from California to Louisiana. Well, actually, I mean, doesn't Nevada have no state income tax? So the fact that he's uh, going to play two more games in Nevada, is that, uh, is that might, good an extra 500 Yeah, you might, be, you might be right about that. Yeah, I'm, I'm not, a, not a tax <laughs> attorney, so don't quote me on this, but... Uh, you may be right on that one. Uh, so, so, but do you think that the incentive structure is good enough right now? Should that be changed? I mean, obviously, this is as Adam Silver has said many times. This is a first attempt yeah. at this, so so they can always tweak it going forward. I I I think they might try to change the incentive structure if they get a partner to buy in in the TV deal. Like if if Netflix buys the entire tournament, right? Then. I think it might be easier for them to say, hey, we got this big check from Netflix. We're going to, you know, they'd have to negotiate yeah. this with the Players Association and everything. So there's all other hurdles. But I, I think it would be easier that way if somebody just bought the rights to the whole thing as like a separate one-off. 
Yeah. I mean, the owners aren't in the business of giving the players a, an extra even like $8 million without negotiating something. So absolutely, that, that's if, if they bumped it to me. Here's my idea for incentives. I don't think a team should be guaranteed a playoff spot because then that just fucks up the rest of the regular season too much. Mm-hmm. What I think it should be is the final. You know how the final just doesn't count in your regular season record? Yeah. I think it should count, but only for the team that wins. So basically, if you win the tournament you get a half game boost in the standings by having one more win than anybody else. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, I was going to say if you win it, you win, you win every tiebreaker, but it's essentially the same thing. Uh, yeah, that's that, that might be a good one. Yeah, I mean, and that's at least you just look at the record and you see it and, and it shows up in the standings as opposed to just like asterisk wins every tiebreaker. But yeah, yeah, you're right. It's exactly the same thing. That that makes a lot of sense. And that's just, I mean, and it does make it because, hey, you won an extra game, right? Like yeah. that's, And you you earned the opportunity through your play in regular season games that also count, by the way. You earned the opportunity. And it's also a little rough for teams right now because presumably you're making your schedule harder than other teams by playing against another good team in the semifinals and the finals and the quarterfinals. So like success is giving you a harder schedule. So this can kind of counteract that as well, that you get a chance to win another game. Yeah. Um, There could be some funky stuff with uh, home, home games versus road games too. Uh, Yeah. If all four road teams lose in the quarterfinal, two of them will play another road game afterwards and essentially Mm -hmm. end up with 42 road games and 40 home. Uh, there could be other weird shenanigans like that, depending on how those quarterfinals go. Uh, any other IST thoughts here? Uh, I I think we can move on. Okay. Uh, my last thing is that they should just call it the NBA Cup. Oh, that, I mean, they the, need to. The I, I presume by this time next year, the naming rights to it will have been sold. So it'll be like, you know, the, the Mazda Cup presented by American Express or some bullshit like that. But yeah, I, I not coming up with some kind of name for this. I think was a real mistake by the league just in terms of branding it and selling it as something different. Yeah. IST. It, it just takes too long to say in season tournament. You can yeah. even just say the tournament. I yeah. think that'd be fine. Like there's no, everyone knows the playoffs of the playoffs. Nobody calls the playoffs. The you just call it the tournament. Yeah. Or if, the cup. if you wanted yeah. to. Yeah. yeah or, or the cup or, or I mean, yeah, I don't know why it's like, Oh, well the trophy is the cup. Don't, don't get it. Don't get it twisted here. Mm-hmm. It's not the, uh, the trophy is what you win in the tournament. All right, just call it the NBA Cup. But yeah, I was I we've been trying to call it the NBA Cup, but then we did uh, NBA League Pass yesterday for an IST game, and I was like, all right, I guess I have to call it. What <laughs> Sell out. All right, all right. Let me, let me. Yeah, yeah I guess. Uh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Like when when people pay you to do something, you actually like try to make them happy. What what a concept. Uh, that's fine. I I figure I I have enough autonomy for 95% of the stuff I do that I can I can play ball every now and then. <laughs> Anyone who's seen our YouTube videos knows that I don't wear formal stuff all the time. So when it's time to dress up rather than dress down, I highly recommend Inochino. They were the official outfitter of my wedding. I got my tux from there. All my groomsmen got their sport jackets. 
from there as well. I felt really good about having them be the outfit of my wedding because all my groomsmen were going to get stuff that they could continue to wear that fit them perfectly. Because when you go somewhere else, you're not going to get something that's made for you. So why not measure yourself in 10 minutes or visit a showroom rather than feeling like you're wearing somebody else's suit that they tried and failed to tailor for you. And not only does Indochino have the suits that made them famous, but now they've got everything. Blazers, pants, women's wear, outerwear, designed and made for you. Hundreds of high quality fabrics to choose from. European wools, linen, cottons, tons of colors, tons of patterns. You can customize things like the lapel, the vents, the pockets, and you'll get a piece that is personalized for you in fit and style. So level up your game with Indochino. Go to Indochino.com and use the code PER. Easy to remember because John and Benedict use PER to get 10% off any purchase of $399 or more. That's 10% off at Indochino, I-N-D-O-C-H-I-N-O, Indochino.com. And don't forget that PER code to let them know you came from us. I remember after college, before I was going to move on to the next chapter of my life, my buddy and I went to Hilton Head, South Carolina to work some summer jobs and hang out. We had a great time, except for his car. His car was awful. We called it the POS. It was like a 91 Oldsmobile Cutlass Sierra. We're allowed to talk about Oldsmobile now that it's a defunct brand, right? Is that okay? This thing had the turning radius of a World War I battleship, broke down all the time, just a, a miserable vehicle to drive. And when customers are rushing to your store, you want a point of sale system that you can trust, not a real POS like my buddy's car. You need Shopify for retail. It makes it easy to accept payments, manage orders, and build relationships with customers. You can sell in person, backed by everything that you need to sell online, track every sale across your business in one place, know exactly what's in stock, connect with customers in line and online. You can drive in-person store traffic with plug-and-play tools for marketing campaigns on social media, Get great hardware that fits your business, accept credit cards, mobile payments, every other major payment method, all with low fees and transparent pricing starting on day one. Plus, their award-winning help is there to support you every step of the way. Do retail right with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash PER. All lowercase, easy to remember slash PER because John invented PER. Go to shopify.com slash PER to take your retail business to the next level. Today, that's shopify.com slash PER. What we're going to do here now for Time to Panic is we're each going to select a team. We are going to pick one to 10 on the panic meter. And generally, I think the way we like to do this, and we can say differently for certain teams, is relative to a team and their fans' own internal expectations, how much should they be panicking, right? Like some teams, maybe we just didn't believe in to begin with. And yeah, they're fulfilling our expectations, but not the team expectations. But that would yeah. still be high on the panic meter. You want to start with the Bulls? Yeah, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I think that's a good one. I mean, I could argue that for their fan, their fans, this is a one. <laughs> like this is exactly what they expected <laughs> going into the season. Just sort of a, a inoffensively mediocre team with you know three guys who don't really fit that well, trying to make it work. Uh, I think the thing that sets off the panic meter is that the one thing you hoped for in Chicago was that. Patrick Williams could have some kind of breakout that would kind of lift the floor and ceiling of the whole team. You, you, you meaning me? I hoped for that. 
<laughs> you meaning me, by which you mean you. <laughs> yeah. A, a a a third a hypothetical third person in the conversation who is not right now might might have hoped that that. that would be them. Right? <laughs> them. And anyway, uh, Patrick Williams has been awful. Um, they oddly went after uh, Javon Carter, who's been fine, but has also blocked out Ao Desunmu. And meanwhile, they didn't have any money to spend on a on a forward, and so they just have Tory Craig on a minimum deal to replace Williams with. I thought that was a kind of a key mistake there, but big picture. I just don't think it mattered. I don't think they're good enough. I don't think their best players fit particularly well. They're just, you know, they're just cruising toward what 32 and 50 or so. Yeah. I was hopeful they could get to 40 wins. I, that was technically the eighth seed in the East, although all, all of those teams, you felt like somebody below them could pop. I certainly would have given them less than a 50% chance of the playoffs to begin. And, of course, the idea was getting back to the playoffs, uh, a pathetic goal in and of itself that they've only accomplished once since uh, they traded away Jimmy Butler and uh, certainly lost in desultory fashion that season to a Bucks team that didn't even have Chris Middleton. Yeah, I, I mean, it just in terms of, I mean, maybe you could say if you're going to say that their goal is making the playoffs, I am not like totally going to. Th- say that they couldn't do that still i mean it's certainly concerning that demar Derozan is playing like a 34 year old and nicole vucevic is playing like a 33 year old and patrick williams is playing like a 57 year old and <laughs> yeah and zach levine you know I, I mean like Derozan, levine like maybe they could shoot a little bit better but I, you said it with the three players fitting together like there just isn't that much talent on this team and the net rating for those three together is just something god awful where at least if you're gonna be a playoff team your starting lineup your three best players should be like well into the positive and yeah maybe your bench doesn't do that well uh who has the most trade value on the chicago bulls i got asked this in my chat on dunked on prime yesterday man i mean that's one of the things with this like stealth trade demand the that zach levine has is with his max deal and his knees, like I, I think he has some value, but I also think uh, it's a little limited because of the the contract, the injury concerns, and maybe some of the fit concerns with some of the places he might go. He, because of his shooting ability, I do think he's probably a pretty good third option, but it's a third option that makes $40 million, and that's tough to slot in for a lot of teams. And a lot of teams already have a guy at his position who's who's the first option. So I, I would say he's still the number one guy in trade value. I think a lot of teams would like Alex Caruso, just given the number he's on and the specific skill set he adds. Uh, but he's just a much less prominent player. He gets injured a lot. He's, you know, offensively, he's a little shaky. So he's, he's more like a role player guy. Like, is, is somebody going to put multiple firsts into a trade for Alex Caruso? I would say there's no chance of that happening. I would say there's some chance of that happening for Zach Levine. It all comes back to the money that's coming back to me. And the Bulls, I think they still like 
say, hey, we're going to totally tear this down again, Spurs style. We're going to go into a rebuild. And the whole thing that apparently uh, Arturis and company sold when they arrived was, hey, we're going to accelerate this rebuild. That's a, a, They made that boot trade. You thought maybe they're going to just, oh, we'll do a better job of drafting and developing. And as it turned out, they gave away <laughs> a bunch of good players who actually could have them being a real playoff team right now. Uh, so uh, not that I was like banging the drum for Wendell Carter and Lowry Markin at the time. I thought they actually did a good trade there. But I just, uh, it seems like now they're so committed to like trying to be semi-competitive. And it also seems like ownership is committed to just making sure the stadium is is full and that they're semi-competitive. And there's like a couple of names that you can sell of like all-stars or former all-stars like they've had. You know what they are? They, so, they're, they're, Charlotte, yeah. they're Charlotte North. They don't want to spend mm-hmm. money. They don't want to tank. And they're just content to, you know, like, can we just get the eight seed? It's it's actually it's actually kind of sad. I mean, this is the Chicago Bulls, right? Like, I don't know. We we should yeah. expect a little. I, I more mean, that Vooch deal. The Vooch deal was just such a low ceiling move. It was just it's remarkable that they yeah. they made that. They're still out of future pick, although it's top ten protected, so they may they may end up keeping that one. But yeah, I mean, clearly just stripped down to the studs is what has to happen here. I mean, they don't have a single. I mean, that's the thing that just kills you is. They have made the playoffs once since 2017, and they have no young players at all that you're excited about. And and they would say, oh, well, you know, if, if Lonzo Ball hadn't gotten hurt, you know, okay, yeah, maybe maybe they would have been like slightly higher in play in consideration. But they still weren't going to win a playoff series with this team. Yeah. And uh, I mean, and yeah, okay, Ball has missed a bunch of time. Everybody else on this team has been healthy for the last three years, other, right? Like, other say, than hey, Ball, okay. they they were yeah. they were the second healthiest team last year after Sacramento. Uh, so yeah. yeah, so that that excuse isn't really doesn't really resonate with me. Um, yeah, I just they're not very good with not that bright a future. So yeah, I would say I would say very high panic meter there. And they haven't even really had a particularly difficult schedule, I don't think, either so far. But yeah, I, I mean, I just like Danny and I talked about them two days ago and I, and I was like, is there a single good story on the Bulls other than Alex Caruso playing pretty well? So, I mean, yeah, maybe DeRozan, that'll be interesting, right? Like it, like Levine and DeRozan, I think if they can just start playing a little better, they'll boost their trade value. Although, as Casey Johnson noted, then maybe they just hang on to them because they could like at least convince themselves that they're going to make the playoffs, right? And that's like if Levine and Rosen play better, then then they'll be back and like play in contention enough and maybe they won't want to trade one. But the fact that Levine has requested a trade, we'll see how that changes the dynamic. So what's what's your number on them in terms of panic, at least relative to management's expectations? Uh, I think it's got to be like an eight. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they are four and seven, but just the fact that Williams has been so bad that he's lost his starting job and that nobody else on the team is playing well. Like these guys could be a little bit better, but they're also old enough where they all could be taking a step back. Yeah. And this year is just definitive proof to me. Like they're just, they're just not good enough and they're not going to be. I guess the other thing too is just that like if you're going to trade Levine, you're going to trade DeRozan. If you're not willing to take back bad contracts in exchange, the value I think is going to be limited. But if they're not willing to take back bad contracts, they're going to still try to be competitive. You know, the Pacers have been thrown out as a possibility, but I mean, they don't even have a Sabonis on this team to trade right now. And that like to get someone young like Halbert, I mean, that was yeah. just an incredible heist of a deal for Indiana. Yeah, I, I think an eight sounds uh, uh, about right. Uh uh, even considering the pathetic expectations that everyone had for them. Your turn. Uh, I wrote down, 
three individual names that I thought you might be able to pontificate upon in terms of panic. Uh, I don't think the team itself is quite in panic mode, but Andrew Wiggins, Clay Thompson, and Chris Paul with the Golden State Warriors. The 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 Chris non Paul. the non twenty point scorers <laughs> club uh, around around. Well, Br- Brandon Pajemski, Brandon Pajemski <laughs> is not on that list anymore. He's the only warrior to score more than twenty points a game besides Steph Curry. Oh, Dario Saric actually has done it twice. Yes, yes. <laughs> yeah, I was going to introduce the Golden State Warriors by asking you to guess which team in the NBA is 29th currently in transition frequency on offense. Wow. Okay, I did not yeah. know that. What's so funny is when we play when I was in Memphis and we would play Golden State, the thing that always hit me was just how fast they were and how yeah. I mean, we were a slow team, so obviously it was it looked worse when we played them, but Draymond would get a rebound and just push and Steph would be running and Clay would be running and they would just book up the court and it was just like can we can we even get matched up in time before three pointers landing on our heads and so for them to be 29th is like shocking to me yeah now part of that is draymond hasn't played as much part well, of it is Chris well yeah because he can't finish any of the yeah. games yeah that that's a little bit of a problem uh and but also just they're older right i mean they're just yeah. not like older teams just don't push the ball in transition i mean you saw in the lakers series draymond tried to rev that motor back up to push the ball. Also, Draymond never gets a rebound anymore. That's another reason why he's not really like pushing the ball in transition. Like he's more of a grab and go guy than an outlet guy. So yeah, that I think is taken away from what made them so incredibly fearsome that they're not this unbelievable transition team anymore. And then, yeah, you mentioned like Chris Paul, I like, yeah, he couldn't do anything against Minnesota last night, but he doesn't have a role, man. Like, I don't think it's his fault. I think he actually looks fine physically, and they just don't have the anywhere close to the ecosystem around him that they need for him to, like, be the point god necessarily. Like, if I have to watch him and Kevon Looney run another pick and roll together, like, I'm just going to absolutely tear up. My, like, I would honestly rather that Chris Paul were running pick and roll with James Wiseman right now. Right, than, right than Kevon Looney just because like how many times they're going to throw Kevon Looney the ball coming downhill with an advantage at the free throw line and he just goes to the opposite side to try to hand off to somebody else it just <laughs> it, it's uh, and could, could yeah, run, and Looney isn't playing well yeah could they run him with TJD yeah. would that help at all I would like to see more of that. I mean, like TJD, I think has some pretty good building blocks, but of course he's even at 23 he's still inexperienced. You know, he had a couple of scouting reports mistakes last night on Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed, but yeah, I would like to see that a little bit more. I mean, I do think that they, it kind of is too bad for Kevon Looney, although I don't, I don't think he's playing at the same level that he's played at, particularly defensively, but because Clay and Wiggins aren't shooting very well, you can't play Kevon Looney because then like, you just don't have enough shooting on the floor at all. Like, so I think they should consider more TJD. They needed to consider more Draymond at center. But then also they're just going to be way too small, right? Like Chris Paul is one of their five best players, but closing with him and Steph and Clay is really tough. Wiggins hasn't emerged. Like they just, they have to get Wiggins going. They have to get Kaminga going. Like that's the, the league runs on these really good wings. Like if they don't have those guys playing well, they're just not going to be relevant in the end. Yeah, that's, that's why I was asking about the pan because – I mean, Clay and Wiggins in particular have just looked so mediocre to bad, depending yeah. on the night. And just, I, I mean, yeah. It's a little more shocking to me with Wiggins, actually, because 
He was so good in the title run two years ago, and he's not in an age where he should be declining like this. Like Clay, you can you can sort of see some signs last year, and at his age with the injuries he's had, could be a little more like, okay, well, this is just what happens. Wiggins to me is just shocking. I think Clay will at least shoot better. Yeah, you know, I mean he's just he's missing shots. Like I think he'll be able to to make shots, but uh, yeah, he is older. But Wiggins, I think maybe he's never really been like you know a workout warrior type. And he's getting to an age where you actually really have to start taking care of your body and like get stronger. And I think he just, he looks like he's lost athleticism, like his finishing at the rim. He blows a tire. Let me see what he's shooting at the rim. It's got to be something pretty terrible here. Yeah. He's shooting 60% at the rim right now. And yeah, also, also he can't make a three. His confidence is down. Like, so yeah, I don't know whether he just didn't have a great summer or, I mean, maybe you also just have to conclude that the outlier was 2022. Right. Uh, over the course of his career. Right. Yeah. But yeah, he has no confidence right now as a scorer either. It's uh, It's been pretty ugly. You know, they're talking about starting Dario Saric now. It's uh, like, that's like, he's, th- he's, they have he's this these, year's, yeah. he's this year's Anthony Lamb. Like if this guy is the savior, you're fucked. Exactly. Yeah. That's a great point. So, uh, I mean, they have lost what now four straight. I mean, the problem too is, and this is similar last year. Steph Curry is 69% true shooting on 33 usage and you're a 500. Like he, he can't do anymore, right? Like he cannot carry no. the team any possibly carry the team any more than that. Yeah. So I think some of these guys can play at least a little bit better, but it's just, and Draymond, like, you know, at some point maybe he'll play a full game and uh, you know, he he's rounding back into shape or uh, rounding is always such a such an interesting Jaron uh, there but yeah he's uh he, he needs to get in better shape as well like so some of these guys can definitely play better i i think the construction of their team is not insane if the guys just do what they're supposed to be doing but at this point 12 games in to have some of these guys playing that bad yeah i mean i think you got to be at probably like a seven i would say yeah i i think that's fair yeah, especially uh, if you're thinking of them as like a fringe championship contender. Yeah, it's got to be a seven. Yeah. Did you know Bridgestone developed a tire using 75% recycled and renewable materials? Making a difference today for future generations. That's what really matters. Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Visit whatreallymatters.com to learn more. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. Yes, you know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Uh, speaking of fringe championship contenders, uh, what about the Clippers? Looked a little better last night, I thought. A ton of mental mistakes. That's why they lost that game, just giving up back cuts. A ton of coaching mistakes. I think, like, Ty Lue, to me, just has no clue right now on, like, what is going to work, what his lineups are going to be. Like, I'm really uh, you know, surprised. P.J. Tucker comes in. Yeah. Given how much lead time they had to discuss the idea of bringing in James Harden, how unprepared they seemed for his arrival. Like, like they, Yeah, they, it they makes a lot of sense. They, they just didn't have... You know that much of a plan for what they would look like or how they would play. Um, now it does seem like they want to get back to not messing around with these five small lineups, and and because they're going to sign Daniel Tice, 
uh, once Indiana. Yeah, that should solve down. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the guy the guy who couldn't beat out Isaiah Jackson and Jalen Smith. Yeah, that should that that should fix things. He is a world champion, Nate. Yeah, I, I mean, he actually the last time we saw him on a real team in Boston, he actually did help them. Uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, and obviously, yeah, he did he did help uh, Germany as well. So maybe he, we've seen him be more motivated in different settings. Like he obviously got salary dumped to Indiana, and he's had some health issues. So I mean, I'm not going to rule out that he can't give them like semi competent backup center play, but that still doesn't solve the problem of just not really having enough shooting and and also just like, like James Harden was so bad defensively last night right like he he always seems to be like standing under the basket on the backside and just like letting guys cut behind him for layups over and over again like he's he used to at least be able to make a few plays uh, with his intelligence defensively and now he can't even do that yeah he's been every time I've seen the clippers he's been really bad on defense and you hope that it's because he's rusty or out of shape or whatever and not because he's just washed at 34 because we we haven't really seen that like first step blow by get to the rim game either. And so I think it's just all been really hard for him. He had one on Jokic last night, but then he smoked the layup, of course. Yeah, in the fourth quarter. Exactly. But that's like the first time he's gotten to the rim as a clipper, basically. <laughs> right? That play. It's like, oh, yeah. congratulations. You're faster than Nikola Jokic. Yeah, this is a realization that I'm having more and more about some of these older teams. And you kind of, you price in that, hey, guys are going to incrementally reduce in performance just about every year. And I felt this way about Golden State last year, where I still kind of had faith in them going mm-hmm. through a, a lot of the seasons. I'm like, yeah, like they, they've had guys who've had flashes of playing well at various times. Like if they can just get everyone playing well at the same time, like they could still be a threat. But when you're older, that just doesn't happen. As yeah. often, right? Like, okay, Paul George looks amazing last night, and Kawhi Leonard kind of struggles. Thanks to Aaron Gordon, by the way. Uh, and Kawhi, you know, Harden, okay, maybe he'll, yeah, low key yeah. has been struggling the whole year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, which you he, he's coming off a, a knee surgery, and oh, load management. Like they weren't load managing him because he was a wuss, <laughs> right? Like they're load managing him because he needs it because he is not really capable of playing back to backs and playing 38 minutes a, a night. And I think he is going to wear down and he is wearing down. So, uh, yeah, I mean, they're at three and seven. They still have a positive net rating, uh, as does every team that's played the Spurs. Other than Phoenix. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Beating them by 40 certainly helped, but yeah, it doesn't seem like, I mean, are you more concerned about the individual pieces not being that good right now or the fit? Yes. <laughs> um, I am concerned about both things. I'm concerned about the fit. I think they have to bring either Westbrook or Harden off the bench. That like they probably Westbrook. They just, they need one more shooter out there. Like it just works better when Norm Powell is out there with those guys. I think, and then Westbrook can do more of his yeah. own. Norm Powell's defense. Is so fucking bad though. Yes, like, it's, it's he hasn't stayed shocking. in front of anybody. Like he he gets in this beautiful defensive stance, and then he just gets blown right by everybody. Yeah. Like he, he hasn't guarded anybody since he was in Toronto. Yeah, and I don't know. Maybe maybe they can plug in Terrence Mann there, and he can do something and can make enough shots and can actually play defense. So I guess we'll see how that goes. Although he hasn't been great either yet. And then, but. I also still think this team is built around the idea that Kawhi, that Pete Kawhi is good enough to win you a playoff game almost by himself. And he just hasn't been that guy all year. 
Uh, Paul George hat tip has been awesome. I think like he's playing at an all star level at age thirty three. Uh, but and but Kawhi even before the trade just we just hasn't hasn't been that guy yet. No, he's had a couple of pretty good games, but yeah, overall not that amazing. And I, I mean, ultimately the team should be built around him, and it's just not right now. Like they, they're the fact that they don't run a single pick and roll to get him matched up against a smaller player at the end of the game yesterday. It was just odd. Yeah. And they ran in the Memphis game. I think they ran one Harden Leonard pick and roll and it, it went absolutely nowhere. Uh, so I, I agree with your, your statement. Yeah. It's a lot more like Paul George has had a lot of the, the crunch time possession and whatnot and give him credit. Like he's been really good. I get that, but it, it just still feels like, like when Ty Lue talks about, oh, Harden's been, you know, taking a back seat. He's being too nice. I feel like he almost should be talking about Kawhi Leonard, actually. Like I, I keep waiting for Kawhi Leonard to step up and and reassert, like, okay, this is this is my team, and kind of everyone, everything else orbits around me being awesome. Just hasn't happened yet. No, it has. I mean, would you care to guess James Harden's usage percentage after five games and 161 minutes? Uh, I'm going to guess it's 18.6 because I'm staring right at that page. Good guess. <laughs> yeah, and it is it is kind of odd, right? You would like Kawhi to be in the high 20s. He's not. I mean, they just – and Westbrook, I don't even know that he's, like, playing that badly. I think he's trying to fit in. I think all, all these guys are trying. Like, I don't think that they're – Yeah. It's necessarily, like, a messed up approach. And, you know, you still – I mean, they took Bones Highland out of the rotation because, yeah, they don't need that usage. You still got Norm Powell who's, like, he's out there to try and score also. So, I mean, it really is Westbrook who needs to be, you know, if anything, coming off the bench for – and he should never play with Harden. And they should run more through Harden and – uh, we'll see whether that helps them, and uh, but I think their bigger problem is just that they need to like get connected. They just have no plan. They don't know what their rotation is. They don't know what their rotations on defense are. Uh, they're just making so many mistakes. Uh, I mean, for them to lose at home to that Memphis team with everyone yeah. healthy, that just uh, you saw how they played against LA. It just was like I, I can't believe that. Yeah, they uh, they were getting their butts kicked for much of that game. Uh, before yeah. they finally pulled Harden out and, ma- and made a comeback at the end. All right, I, I want to talk about this team very briefly. Okay. The San Antonio Spurs? They should be better. I, I think that they're really yeah. disappointing to me. They should not suck like this. And Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I don't believe in Point Sohan, and I think that's kind of – made life harder for everyone else. I mean, the one thing I get about it a little bit, I guess, is it's almost the easiest place to hide him on offense if he can't shoot at all, is to at least have him mm-hmm. be the guy with the ball and then everyone else around him can shoot. But, like, they're better when Trey Jones is out there. They just they just are. And then for all, you know, Popovich talked a lot about the defensive potential of them with Sohan. It just hasn't had like they're 29th with a you know with a seven four guy with a seven percent block rate uh, added to their team like there's there's still a terrible defense even with that addition and I just look at them and I, I like they should not be this bad I get that they're still trying to develop some younger guys who are basically probably going to be bad this year when you look at you know Branham or Wesley or Barlow or whatever but they also have like. Decent to good veteran players, like enough of them that they shouldn't be getting their ass kicked like this every night. 
Yeah, the defense is the crazy thing. And they were so bad defensively last year. And like, okay, well, they had guys in and out of the lineup, selective resting. They're going for Wembenyama. You could excuse it. Yeah, like they're playing Wembenyama and a big center. And and just and like Sohan's supposed to be good on defense. Like Vassell and Keldon Johnson, like they looked yeah. the part at least defensively. Like Trey Jones, a good defensive point guard like you're uh, of their top six guys there's no one who like you look at it like oh this guy sucks on defense and yet for them to be so bad it's just insane Uh, and and victor i just 31 percent usage it's just too much for him right now he's doing it by just taking a bunch of bad jumpers now they don't have a ton of other guys who can do something but i i just like they're trying to use him in pick and roll like a little bit more but they only have one guy who can actually like pass out a pick and roll that's Trey Jones I think they should have maybe I don't know whether it's the coaching I don't know whether it's just some of these players are not that good but like you can't be have a a talent like Victor Wembanyama and be this much of a clown show like they are losing games by 40 points every night yeah yeah, and it's a little bit of like a, a Durant rookie year in Seattle vibe uh, that, that I'm getting almost, except that team was more uh, more obviously tanking. I mean, they knew they weren't even coming back the next year. So I, I, th- I think it's a little bit of a different different, different case. Yeah, this team is way more talented than that team. Like that team had nobody. It was just Jeff Green and Durant, and that was it on that team. So they, they were like just starting their rebuild. So, yeah, I, I'm – Your I Nate, mean, your Nate I don't Collison wanna, insult yeah. is duly noted. <laughs> But yeah, I, I think you know it's funny because two weeks ago we were talking about the Spurs maybe being terrible, and then they had those two comebacks uh, against Phoenix, uh, and you're like, oh, maybe the Spurs might be here. And Victor yeah. just scored 38, and then they've just been a train wreck since then. So I mean, obviously it's very early on, but you'd have to wonder at this point maybe Pop has kind of lost his fastball a little bit, and so uh, we'll uh, maybe there could be a a transition there sooner than you know the five-year contract that he signed would indicate i mean i think he's he'll probably be around in the organization but maybe he doesn't coach out that contract and so i i would be at like a three i mean i just i i don't like to have i just don't like the way that Wembenyama is playing right now i think they're just you need to get him a little more focused on winning basketball and you know work on all that you know fadeaway jumpers from 22 uh in the summer yeah i'm i might even be closer to a like a like a five like i just um i i thought they'd be a lot better than this. well because well, we're thinking about yeah i mean we're not thinking about this year obviously right we're just like th- seeing these 10 games are you like a little lower on Wemby? are you lower on the spurs organization and the rebuild of just i mean to say 10 yeah. games all right now we're not they're now they're not going to get where they want to be five years from now like i can't go that far yeah, yeah. But, but it does I, it does I thought they'd be, the eyebrows. I thought they'd be respectably bad, not getting the shit beat out of them every night bad. Yeah. I and mean, Grizz, it's almost like they've gone through 10 to the point <laughs> where you're sort of like, oh, actually, you know, getting a top 10 pick might not be so bad for for uh, for these guys. Like, yeah, like, they've gone past the denial point into acceptance already. <laughs> well, now, if Marcus Smart is out for any length of time, that really just eviscerates their guard rotation. Jacob Gilliard. Well, they already, yeah. they, I mean, have you noticed they started Gilliard in the last game? That I think that was an admission that, point smart who i mean the whole idea of bringing him in was he can play point guard on the backup unit and when 
jaws out and then he'll shift to being kind of this jack of all trades defensively that was already kind of an admission that that wasn't working to start Gilliard yeah. roses out of course and and I think of course they're searching and trying to kind of find anything but that was uh, it seems like that smart trade is not working I mean Desmond Bain is playing fine but uh, there's really he's the only guy yeah I think uh, did you see Jaron Jackson was he was three of 16 somehow last night in 22 minutes yeah I mean he's just the breaking under the strain of 26 usage, basically. That's not that's not a number for him, and because he just doesn't have the the ability to stri- to distribute when he gets to the next layer of help. He's a player finisher. He's not a player uh, play creator as much, and yeah. so they're asking him to do things he can't do, which is sort of the classic bad slash injured team scenario. Uh, and then you see some other like kind of red flags of things that they've tried to do that clearly are not working. Like Zaire Williams, it's just not happening right now. Uh, Jake LaRavia can't even get on the active roster, even with all the injuries they've had. It's just like, oh yeah, why, yeah. Don't, you, why don't you go play for the Memphis Hustle for a few weeks? It's like, we're we're just going to use uh, Jacob Gilliard and Vince Williams instead. Uh, so th- that's definitely yeah. a red now, that, flag. Yeah. That, it, it is a chance to see the best uniforms in basketball, though. Absolutely, yeah. The oh Memphis no, hustle the, the modeled, hus- the modeled hustle gear the sounds. The hustle gear we had was way better than than the Grizzlies gear. Absolutely, um, and then you know they used they used the pick on Roddy. They traded Melton for Roddy, who's like he's maybe a serviceable back end rotation guy, but that's that's the ceiling there. Uh, Taylor Jenkins seems weirdly allergic to playing John Conchar, even though he's the one guy who's kind of been halfway decent from that group. So I'm interested to see what's going on there. Yeah. So I, are they, they're a 10, obviously, right? Uh, has to be. Yeah. I mean, I just, I, cause they've actually had an easy schedule. I mean, they played Utah yeah. twice. They played Portland twice. Like that was supposed to be the thing that like, you know, we could just we could just get these easy ones and kind of limp along at somewhere close to 500 until Ja comes back. But I mean, this team has so many weaknesses right now that. But what is what is Ja Morant coming back even get them to? And then it's not like it's a lock that he's going to play the final 57 games either. So I just think there's no. a lot of and, questions. And what marks kind of here. form he'll be in? 100. Uh, percent I think they got to think about a lot of things kind of going forward about what they're going to be. I mean, they're projecting to be a well into the tax next year, which I think was probably fine if they thought they'd be a contender. But how far away from that reality are they right now? Yeah, they've got Bain's extension kicking in next year. I mean, at least he's playing like that. That's the one thing you can you can point to. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Start clean with Clorox. Because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, honey. You know your dad's world-famous chili. Yeah, the one that takes 24 hours to make. So I was trying to help out and bring the pot to the table, but it was like super hot. And then I um dropped it. And now the floor looks all, you know, stained with chili. Look, the point is, you guys cool with pizza for dinner? <laughs> Honey? Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.
All right, let, let's roll through a few of these very quickly here. We'll put a pin in them. We'll probably talk about some of them next week uh, as well. But I just want to kind of get a quick temperature take and uh, on, say, the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker is coming back tonight. They're, the big three will be together for the first time. They have a negative 25.8 net rating in the fourth quarter and turning it over on 20% of their possessions. Uh, you would hope that that can just resolve once Devin Booker is back. He's only played two games. So I, I would be, and, and Phoenix, they're still four and six. Like, they're not out of it. Nobody in the West is running away yet, uh, other than Denver, who we knew would anyway. So I think I would probably go, you know, just like a four for Phoenix. I would say I'm only mildly concerned about Phoenix right now. I want to see how this looks, you know, once they actually really have their three guys together. So yeah, uh, yeah not not going not gonna to get that uh, out of shape just yet. Well, and Tim Bontemps would say, as I and I pointed out the same thing many times, that, hey, this is part of it, right? They haven't had their team together. That's just what the history is with those three guys. But that was always going to be the history. The fact that they've been injured and we thought they might be injured some, like that's that's just, it just happened to come at the beginning of the season. If they had this 10-game stretch in the middle of the season, like you wouldn't be more concerned. And like they were always going to struggle if they had injuries. Like that, I priced that in already. Yeah. If they we see three weeks of them with their three best guys and they're not playing well, then you can sound the panic alarm. But it was always, you know, only a 50% chance or whatever that all three of these guys would be healthy in the playoffs anyway. Yeah. So they have, they have a stretch in the beginning of December, 13 to 16 at home. And if they have all three guys for most or all of those and still can't make some serious headway in the standings, then I think, yeah, sand, sound all the alarms. Yeah. We should note about Memphis that opponents are shooting forty two percent from three. Oh, they are getting against hit. them. Like they are like, getting hit with the deck, yeah. absolutely. But they're they're still bad anyway. Like they're twenty ninth in offense. I, I still think they just don't have yeah. enough, even with the three point luck. Yeah, and they don't like other than Jaron. They don't really have like great defenders that you look at, or those defenders are just terrible on offense. If you play, you know, Biombo or a Tillman. Uh, Smart was supposed Cleveland? to be that guy. Yeah. yeah. Cle- yeah, yeah, he was. Cle- Cleveland, any concern there? Uh, I'll go at like a two. I don't know. I, I, we ha- They've only played a couple games with all five starters, right? Um, maybe, maybe a little worried that they, they haven't been quite what I thought they'd be. I thought they'd be really good this year between that starting group, the additional shooting on the bench. Uh, they've shown flashes of it, uh, especially when they can get their opponent to wear a Golden State Warriors jersey. But... It just it just hasn't hmm. been consistent, so I, I'm still in wait and see mode on them. I you know if we get to the end of November and they still don't have much traction, then then I'm probably a little more worried. I'm I'm just going to keep it at like a two right now. Yeah, I I think so. Like opponents are shooting forty point five percent on threes. Darius Garland is out again. He just hasn't been able to get healthy. He's turning it over on twenty four percent of of his possessions. What uh, wow. you know? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that is that might be the craziest number in in like the whole league <laughs> right now. Other other than maybe the Knicks shooting fifty four percent at the rim as a team, and Julius Randle shooting thirty five percent. But I mean, you might say Evan Mobley hasn't really taken another step forward on offense, other than maybe as a passer, but you know, not really as a scorer. So, but yeah, I mean, I, like those four guys together are going to be good. I think once they get them all healthy and playing well. So I, I, I'm, and that opponent three point shooting explains a lot of their problems. So I, I think they're going to be okay. Uh, George Niang will hit a shot. He he's, has a four point seven yeah. PER right now. Like he'll he, he's a, a good track record as a shooter. He'll make shots. 
so yeah, I'd be at like a two for them. Um, New Orleans. Huh. I would have, I would have gone higher before last night. I mean, what a weird game that was. I, so I didn't, I didn't really, uh, keep my eye on that one. And by the time I turned to it, it was already over. Uh, so I still question kind of the, the Zion Ingram base there and kind of what, what does that ceiling look like? And does Ingram especially even really fit there? Uh, I think they've worked pretty hard to get shooters into the mix uh, even if they're not that good, just to just because they need that around Ingram and, and Zion, especially while CJ McCollum is out. There, I mean, there's definitely my concern is just yeah. There's definitely talent Z- there. Zion looks like shit. Yeah, like yeah. that's that's my big problem. Like, uh, uh, and maybe maybe he can improve, but it seems like every time he comes back from one of these injuries, he looks like a little bit more diminished. And yeah, maybe if they get more guys in around him, it'll look better. But like, I don't think that their shooting is like that much worse than it is when they're fully formed. It's really more kind of defenders that they've been missing. And CJ had a decent start to the season. Now he's out kind of indefinitely. I mean, maybe they can plug along at like slightly under 500. And Zion had those comments about how I, I didn't really understand what he was talking about. He was like, Oh, I'm trying to trust her. And I was like, dude, you have a 31% usage. Like it's not like you're not getting the ball. So like, what is he complaining about? Is, is it just that he's like, Hey, I, I'm trying to trust the process in terms of like, we'll start winning games. Like I, I didn't, is there something he's being asked to do that he doesn't feel like he should be doing or something? I didn't really get that. Yeah. But Zion says a lot of things. Yeah. And I mean, you just look like they're, they're a big team that's bad at rebounding. They're bottom 10 in both offense and defense right now. Uh, so even though they're five and six and they come off that, that big win in Dallas, the overall just isn't great. I'm, I'm interested. I'm, I'm actually going to New Orleans this weekend. Uh, to see them play Denver and Minnesota, which should be two very strong tests for what exactly the Pelicans have. So I'm really interested to see what mm. comes out of that. Yeah, particularly that that's going to be a tough matchup for Zion with the size of both of those teams. All right, are you ready? Uh, let's uh, one more reminder I wanted to have here. It's it's still early. The Portland Trailblazers were ten and four at one point last season. Let's uh, no, <laughs> let's not that is that. fake like, news. That is certainly that that. that were they really ten and four last year? Yeah, they were ten and four at one point. They had you know like a zero point zero zero one net rating at the time. Right. Wow. I I completely excised that from my memory banks. Sometimes having a start like that and then having it fall apart almost is worse. Oh, I know. Like, I mean, you, my last year yeah. in Memphis, we started fifteen and seven. We were like on Thanksgiving Day, we were in first in the West, and by the end of January, we were like thirteenth or something. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And it definitely felt worse. Yeah. I can, I can vouch for that. All right. Time to rule a team out of the playoffs. uh, Should I go first or you want to, uh, you, you can take this one. Despite the fact that the San Antonio Spurs currently sport a negative 12 net rating on the season, (laughs) I will be picking the Washington wizards. They will not make the playoffs (laughs) this season. Jordan Poole, sadly, we'll have to wait for another season uh, to see you back uh, on the national stage. The Wizards will not be making the playoffs this year, John. So I, too, am picking the Wizards. I th- They have a lot of competition for this honor. Uh, <laughs> however, I think organizational intent is something that you have to think about with this. Like, 
Detroit has been just as bad as Washington, but I think Detroit is much more interested in the idea of making the playoffs so that if they won a few games in a row, they might like trade for somebody or something just to be like, hey, we're gonna, you know, we're gonna make a run for number 10. Where I, I just don't see that happening with Washington. I think the opposite is gonna happen. They'll end up trading, you know, Gallinari, DeLon Wright once he's healthy, Tyus Jones, maybe. Like all, all those guys are gonna be on another team. Kuzma. Yeah. Kuzma's gotta be traded, right? Maybe. I mean, he's yeah. he's the one guy who's genuinely playing well. Uh, him and uh, Denny Avdia actually has looked pretty decent. Um, and so you would think they would try to cash in those chips. I mean, Kuzma's 28 now. Uh, Jordan Poole probably not peaking his trade value just yet uh, based on how things have gone. But that's looking like... I, I know they brought in Poole and they're they're he's 24 right now, but uh, they're they were thinking maybe they're buying a distressed asset. And I, I didn't hate that trade for them, but considering he's got three more years at like 30 million per, yeah. and like that that trade is looking pretty good for Golden State considering it's only a top 20 <coughs> protected 2030 first rounder. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. They, I mean, set aside the financial considerations of that deal. I mean, just in terms of the the salary cap to get off of that money after what seemed like a decent deal to to sign them to that extension, that's a really tough decision for a franchise to make uh, to to reverse field like that when when you've made that kind of commitment. And I think they did it just in the nick of time. Yeah, talking about Golden State, you mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I mean, after last year's playoffs, I mean, well, you knew he was just never going to start for them, so it, it just. It, it, the move had to be made. I, I guess, I mean, as you look at this Ross, like Tyus Jones, like they have guys that they can move. Hopefully they will. I'd like to see some of these players on contenders actually contributing. But as you look at going forward, what this Wizards team is going to be, I mean, it's basically Bilal Koulibaly. Maybe you could see Denny Avdia being a starter. Like Corey Kispert might be a decent bench piece, but nothing, nothing too amazing there. Uh, I don't think uh, other than Koulibaly. Any thoughts on him? So far this season, uh, he's done some interesting stuff at the defensive end. I was I watched the yeah. game against Toronto. He had some plays where you definitely circle it on the notebook and say, you know, go back and look at that. Uh, offensively, he's definitely still figuring it out. He gets his stuff in transition now, or maybe hits a wide open three every so often. But you know, I mean, he's ni- he's nineteen. Like that's that's just what comes with it. It's going to be interesting to see how much. He could figure things out at the offensive end because that was definitely what stood out when I watched him with Victor last year. Was he would do a lot of plays where you went whoa, like especially in transition. But in the half court, he still didn't have the whole picture. No, he doesn't, and he's actually made a few threes, but only thirty-two attempts. Uh, doesn't have much of a track record as a shooter quite yet, and I, I think that he's going to be, uh, you know, you know, he's got like some bend to him. He's got some ball handling skills, the athleticism, the wingspan. Like I do think he's going to be a very good defensive player. Like I, I, I think it's he's a good draft pick, but uh, like he's been about what I expected so far, which is pretty decent, uh, at least when you try to track out what he's going to be as a prospect. But other than that, this team is. Uh, not really much reason to watch them. No, still, still, uh, still hoping uh, Ryan Rollins is is freed at some point. I'm I'm still a believer, so I'm interested to see what he can do. Yeah, well, uh, it, hopefully he doesn't try to go one on one against Bam Adebayo <laughs> as often as he <laughs> in the next game. Hopefully he, he learned that lesson. All right, we're done here. I think so. All right, where where, where are you looking forward to eating in New Orleans? Uh. You know, that's a good question. I have to kind of review my notes because I haven't been there in a little bit. Um, 
I, I always like getting breakfast at Ruby Slipper, even though that's kind of touristy. Uh, I just, it, it just works. Um, I'm, I'm trying, there's some really good, like Johnny's Po' Boys, like there's some really good sandwich shops there too. It's tough because when I, when I go to these places, I'm never going out for dinner because that's when the game is. Yeah. So it's always like breakfast and lunch. So that that's the thing I get geeked up about when I travel to these places, not so much the dinner places, which New Orleans obviously has an amazing selection on that front. Yeah, a lot of good seafood there. Uh, all right, well, that's that's enough for today. Uh, Danny and I will be back later today as well for Dunked on Prime subscribers. Uh, and John and I will be back next week. Talk to you all then. We got another day of NBA action. So it's time for your FanDuel crew to make their bets. You know that new customers who bet $5 get $200 back in bonus bets if you win. Make every night a watch party only on FanDuel. 21 plus and present in Virginia. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Start clean with Clorox because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Oh, the charcoal mask. Great, because why would I put that on my face when I could drop it in my sink? This is what I get for multitasking. Ugh, why is charcoal so sticky? <clears throat> Hello? Hey, Janice. I am so sorry. I thought I was on mute. <laughs> no, we don't need to reschedule. I'll just stay off camera. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed.